Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 65 of the Galen Trombley Show. I have Bryce Hansen with me. Uh, Bryce currently works at ETS locally in Plattsburgh. And so, Bryce, welcome to the show. We'll have to redo that one because it's Northern Insuring. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's right. That's okay. He was at ETS. He's now at Northern Insuring. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's cool. That's, we'll start off with that. That's great. Perfect. All right. Yeah, great. We'll give two shout outs. Two, two good local companies. But yes, I forgot. So go ahead. Tell, tell us. Kind of, I guess, the new role at yeah, Northern. Sure, perfect. So it, it it's funny because it's like the new old role. Um, so I was at Northern Insuring um, and then left and, yes, was at ETS. Um, then while at ETS, you know, kind of the way things do, perspectives change. Um, a few things change. Had a couple conversations because, you know, always and still do believe in what an unreal organization Northern Insuring is. Um, left on good terms. So the conversations were fairly comfortable the way conversations like that work. One thing led to another. Now I'm back there. So what's your official Um, title? So official title would be sales executive at Northern insuring. And I'm doing exactly what I was doing before, which is all commercial lines or all business insurance. Um, yeah, working in the business insurance division out there, which is, uh, which is awesome. Really, really happy to be back. So give us, um, Give us kind of a typical day of Northern Insuring. Like, what, what, do you, what do you do as like a sale? Like, your role as a sales executive. I mean, are you mostly in the office, out of the office, sure. meeting with clients on the phone? Like- sure. Yeah, I think that that's the cool part about what a lot of outside salespeople would say. One of the perks to it is that there's not the quote unquote typical day, right? But if you had to do one, generally, what uh, what I like to do. Um, of course, I'm a family guy, so I say it like a bunch, but unapologetically dad, father, first thing when I get up, um, husband, first thing when I get up. So, I mean, I, I have two little guys at home. So we do the whole morning routine, get the older boy ready for the bus. Um, just before he gets on the bus, normally I pull out of the driveway and uh, head down in, um, kind of that walk in the office, get settled in, pop open the computer. I mean, kind of already have a, a plan set, but just make sure that there are no you know, fire emails, you know, like nothing while well, it is insurance. So to make sure something's not literally on fire somewhere. <laughs> um, and then if there's anything that needs to be, um, you know, taken care of, then I'll take care of that. Otherwise, um, I'm a big, big fan of the uh, handwritten to-do list. So I'll double check the handwritten to-do list for that day, add anything if need be, prioritize it, and then rock and roll. Um, in the insurance world, that could be anything from setting up a meeting to go over a policy that's set for renewal. Uh, that could be to talk to someone about, you know, something that they have in mind, right? They've done such and such, say a contractor's always done painting and that's going really, really well. But now listen, I would love to get into, you know, some like remodel work, some more carpentry work, some new build work. What does that look like? Um, and then it is a straight up sales role too, which means that that new business development, whether it's calling off a prospect list, it's following up, it's trying to get a meeting, work towards that, you know, referral just to 
really have those initial conversations to first see if we're going to be a good fit for each other. Um, just because it does very, very much as I'm sure you're used to in what you do it. It is much, much more than just a sale. It, it is a little cliche, but it's true. It is a relationship. So there has to be buy-in both ways. Otherwise it's not as much of a partnership anymore. And eventually it'll fizzle out somewhere or another. Um, and then after that, you know, pop back in, see what other internal meetings there might be. Um, and then before you know it, you blink your eye and I'm headed up to pick up my boys from daycare. Um, so what is, is most of your day in or out of the office or is it about 50, 50? Um, I would say right now for, in my experience, it's, it's cyclical right now. I would say is slightly more in the office, mm -hmm. maybe like a 60, 40, 70, 30 mm -hmm. in the office, out of the office. Um, I'm also, uh, besides working in Plattsburgh, I'm also, so I'm based out of Plattsburgh, but I work in Potsdam as well. I kind of bounce back and forth between Northern's offices and, um, Plattsburgh and Potsdam, which ties in St. Lawrence County. Um, so, you know, I'll plan a, a few trips out there. So there's some good road time there to either make a couple falls or, uh, excuse me, calls or listen to a favorite podcast like go. the Galen Trombley show. There you go. Good <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you later. I'll pay you later for that one. Um, what, what, uh, what actually what podcast you listen to? Um, so I'm a big, big spit and chocolates guy. Really? Right? I've ne never listened to it, but I, know. I no, it for, for me, it, it's dynamite. Um, because grew up playing hockey, mm -hmm. right? I come from a hockey family. Both my boys are playing hockey now already. Um, I'm on the ice with them. Um, and it's nice because they do a good job of keeping you in tune with what's going on in the hockey world, but they all have their very own brand um, and just their styles of personality. So it's nice because it's kind of like a, it's a relaxing podcast, right? A lot of what we do is a little high, like high frequency insurance stuff. So it's nice to, not always sit down and say like go through a long proposal and then go listen to a TED talk. I'm just exhausted yeah. right by the end of that. So yeah, listen to them. Um, it's a blast. It's perfect. Most, they do two episodes a week that are normally about two hours an episode. Yeah. Perfect. And I drive from Ross's point to Plattsburgh in the morning to get to work. I live up in Ross's point. So that's it. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I, I very rarely listen to music. If I listen to music, it's when my wife's in the car with me because okay. she will not listen to a podcast with me. But I, I'm definitely a podcast guy. I've actually got to the point, I, I got to purge my podcast and like, like kind of whittle it down to maybe like six or less. Because I always find there's all, I have too many. And then I, I punt a lot. And I don't, I'll go months without listening to some. And there's some I listen to religiously. But um, then there's some I pick and choose. Like I'm a big Joe Rogan guy. But I'm a Joe Rogan. Every one of his conversations are great. I pick and choose who I listen to though. Because sure. it's a time commitment. And then there's... Um, some that are a little shorter, but I, I enjoy them. So it's like 90, 98% of what I listen to in the car is a podcast. Yeah. Or is me calling people. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the only times I'll wind up listening to music is once my boys get in the car. Yeah, uh, so, yes. so again, they're, they're six and three, but they already have music requests, right? So like they, they, but we cover everything I'm talking. We'll get some beebs on, but before hockey, no word of a lie. They love Metallica, really? right? Like we're listening. Give we got like the younger boy loves Sandman. He just starts yelling for Sandman. Older boy wants Master of Puppets. Um, we cover it all. That, that's in the, that, that's in the good, truck, man. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was gonna say next thing you know, you start. They probably actually have started headbanging all the way down down Lake Street. Absolutely, getting ready to the game. Right, absolutely. Fist home, bumping. Home rink, Civic Center, right? 
Uh, yeah, r- right yeah. up there, yeah. right up there in Russ's Point. Yeah. So from my house, call it four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Nice slow, nice slow 30, 30 mile per hour crawl down. Jam into uh, Enter Sandman. Banging. Yeah. Absolutely. I was going to say, I can't, I can't wait. We've talked about this before with the kids because you said six and three, mine are two and eight months. Yep. So, but I'm already starting to see like he's getting, he's starting to kind of babble. I say babble, but he's starting to actually like kind of put words together. So you, he can comprehend what we're saying and we're starting to comprehend him more. And it's such a blast. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I've seen you with your boys. Like obviously you guys are phenomenal parents, but you, you guys had them young cause you're what? 27, 28. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm 28. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah, you, you guys were for this day and age for, for our generation, you had the kids young, very young. Yeah. So how was that transition as, as what, 22? Yeah. Jess, same age? Yes. Okay. Yep. So Jess is, uh, wife Jess the same age, a um, couple months older. Um, <laughs> no, I, the, the reason I'm smiling right now is because people make jokes about like our family situation, right? What, just not ours, just anyone's where you have a mom, hu- husband, two boys. The joke is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're raising three boys. Jess has literally had to raise three boys um, because... Um, we had, uh, Carson, our older boy straight out of college, Mm -hmm. like right, right out of school. Um, and that wound up obviously now being uh, like one of the biggest blessings ever. Um, I mean, of course not expected, but changed our lives for the better. And for me just kind of sped up and it was needed, um, me growing up. But so I'm talking literally going from not doing my own laundry. I was that lazy college kid. Like I'm like coaxing people into doing laundry. That was my, like my first experience with sales was seeing who I could get to help with the laundry. Like skills, I like it. <laughs> I, yeah. You know what I mean? But <laughs> so I, I go from that to, uh, you're not cleaning many dishes because Elmira doesn't have off campus living. So you have to oh, live okay. on campus. Right? right. So I'm that like, like in a college suite and then boom, snap your fingers. And now dad that quick. So that transition was uh, was pretty, pretty big for me because you just go from one straight to the other. And I had a lot of growing up to do, a lot more growing up to do for myself than what Jess had. Um, but she was uh, unreal and kind of dragging me along, pushing me along. Um, and then, of course, just wanted to be there for, for Carson. So that was a monster change, big, big change uh, for me and for us. But yeah, it's uh, it was a blast. And now it's like I said, there's, there's nothing better. Yeah. So like I said, two, two year, I think it's, it's a weird thing that happened. So when you, I remember when we had crew, it was, I, I was kind of like an old soul kind of guy. Like I, I, I was, I didn't really have the growing up. I was 28 when I had him. So I was kind of through everything college and we were kind of settling down, but I, Whatever it is, something switches when you have a kid. Like the first time you hold your like you hold your son, game like, over. It's it, I don't know what it is, and it's kind of like people are like, oh, well, just wait. And I'm like, okay, but the something inside of you just changes. I don't know if it's just like all of a sudden you're now a dad, and like you're just natural DNA or whatever just overtakes, and like that's my kid. And so I went from kind of the same thing. Like the perspective was now you had a kid. It, like all of a sudden it was like, well, this is everything. And then it, for me. It made me, and I was always, again, lucky in the sense I had a good work ethic and I wanted to do good. But then all of a sudden it was like, okay, I'm going to go from here to like here. Because I think what happened for me was my perspective completely changed. Because then it was, I'm very good, not necessarily for myself. I'm very good when like 
I don't want to let people down. So when all of a sudden you get this little person that a hundred thousand percent relies on everything you and you know, our, my wife does that I looked at that as like, well, literally this kid's life is dictated by how hard I work right now. And, and like that stuck with me for a couple of years, meaning, you know, if I slack off and just kind of, you know, coast through, you know, my first five, six years, was well, that going to stop us from having certain life experiences when he's six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or even 15 or 20 or 30 or when he's, you know, way in the future. And then the same thing, like for, I know this is, like I said, I'm thinking way down the road, but all of a sudden, like everything, like I want to be in good shape for when he's older. And then I want to be in good shape when he has kids. And now like, I'm not an old, like can barely move grandfather. I know this is like way down the road, but like yeah. I'm, I'm odd like that. And then I bring it down to if we want to take a family trip in, say, I always want to go Hawaii. Like I want to bring the kids to Hawaii when they kind of are old enough to remember, but yep. that's an expensive trip. So do I work hard now where I have the means to do some cool things? So a lot of the things I look at is I just, I want him to have everything that I don't want him to say he can't do or experience anything. Cause I had a good childhood growing up. My parents provided for me. Um, I had a lot of great memories that I can take away from my childhood. So for me, I don't want to like have anything less than what I had. If anything, I want to have him have more experiences than what I had. Yep. So, but that happens like in an instant, like as soon as I held the little guy, I was like, okay, game over. And then it was different when my daughter was born because it was already in like that, that mode. But I'll sure. tell you that first kid, man, I, I don't want to ever say, you know, when they say like, who's your favorite kid? You'll never pick, you'll never answer that question. But I will say the experience of him will always have a, like a place in my heart. Cause he's the one that makes you a dad. Like your first kid makes you a dad. You know what I mean? Like that's the way I always looked at it. Like, Oh yeah. Like your first, like you go from nothing to like for you, Carson was like, boom, like that now became I'm dad. Like Mm -hmm. that's your most important title you're ever going to have. Like to me, I know you, you already said it. Like that's the most important title you can have, but like, I love Oakland, but she didn't like, I was already dad Yeah, and it's different, but but you're always gonna have a a soft or a spot in your heart for that first kid because they're the ones that I think made you, like you said, grow up. Sure. No, I, and I understand what you're saying because as as kids will grow up, you will continue to make like a special bond, special individual moments with them. One of the cool things that I think that you that you're getting to with your firstborn is that was that moment mm-hmm. is that they are the firstborn child for you. So they are the one like you said that that one making you a dad, and that absolutely is not. It's not one of those comparative thing where it knocks the other experience. Because Oakland, wow, that was Correct. beautiful. Like yeah. it's just, just like this this angel There's, already right here for me. Hayden, like just unreal, crying both times. I'm a I'm a blob. Like right, like I, I, kindergarten graduation coming up this year. Oh. Yeah, I already need to bring tissues with me, <laughs> thinking about it. But no, I, um, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I should say it, it but it, the experience is different. Like the experiences again when Oakland was born it was it was a much less stressful delivery and it was one where mm. I got to really like it was one where I knew what to expect a little bit and it was much quicker okay the first one was I, I think a typical delivery just okay. compared to the first and second the second one was like was way better like just oh, okay. now take the second delivery the first one was fine baby was healthy Gina was healthy but I didn't know what the heck was going on because I was I didn't really do much research about childbirth and then uh, obviously the usually the first delivery takes a little longer than the preceding one so we uh, 
So I guess the stress level was less. So I got to maybe enjoy it a little bit more. Oh, okay. But I think the first one I was like, it felt like I was like playing like in like a huge sporting event. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, when you're just like, everything's clear and you're like focused and I'm like, I'm ready to go. And like adrenaline was taking over. It was yeah. like middle of the night and yeah, it's just an odd, it was odd, but it's, they're, they're both. Yeah. Kids are great. I don't, I like, I'm pumped. They, I FaceTimed today between appointments. I was calling, you know, just chit chat with them and they're just babbling about something and Oakland's pulling herself up now and like so I can't wait to go home and just like tackle them on the ground. Nah. Just roll around. Just yes. be, be kids. Yes. It's I perfect. You, well, actually, I don't, I don't see you. I see Jess post on your stories and you guys are like down, down. I'm assuming like a basement or something. Just like hitting hockey pucks at each other and throwing oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. And I mean, of it, us, yeah, I mean, Jess it, is much, it, much better when you at say the three documenting kids, I, it. I get the three kid analogy. Yeah. Well, no, because we will. I'm like, is that Bryce? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, we'll, we'll wrestle, but I would say. It hasn't been as much lately, but I would, we had like three dance parties a week where we get yeah. the wireless speaker going on the Bluetooth. And again, whether it's Sean Mendez or whoever that is, Lizzo, the boys, I've, the I've younger heard. boy loves, sorry. And here I am already like a dad. I can't even remember like pop culture songs already. And I'm only I just found out about it at the Grammys. But Lizzo's yeah. really good song that everyone really likes. Um, the, the younger boy bumps to that. Yeah, so we just do dance parties. I don't know. It's a, it's a blast. Um, so the other the other thing is, you and I have had a weird relationship because the first time I met you, we played golf together. Yeah, you remember I, that? Yeah, I do. I'm gonna remember it forever because I was pissed at you. Why? It was nothing like, that you did, right? Because here I am. So again, I didn't beat you. No, no you uh, beat me. I think. No. Uh, well, I don't know the end, but I'm gonna tell you why. It was because it was funny. It's one of those. So again, I'm not, I'm not from here. So for me, like kind of the way I've started now, I'm branching off on my own and making those relationships. The way things started was either through my wife's family, yeah. through golf or through hockey, because yeah. those are similar bonds. So I get to the golf course. I think it was the Corona. And I think we were playing with Devin Ashline. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, so, yeah, we did play. Yeah. And, and so Devin, Devin had 80 beers that day. <laughs> minimum. Minimum. I'm going to have to text him after and just tell him to listen to just, like. He actually minute. just came on the podcast. Yeah, 20 or whatever. I just remember because he wasn't playing good and they were giving out free Corona. Yeah, because it was, it, it's the Corona. So the perk is you either playing well and you're in it and you can win some cash or. You get hammered. If you don't bring your game with you, there's just Coronas around. So it's, hey, I'm just going to be on the course for about, well, it's 36 holes, so I'm going to be on the course for eight hours today. Eight-hour workday, full of Coronas. No, but we get on the first hole, and, you know, it's cool. It's, it's kind of one of those, you know, uh, on, the, on the first tee, on the putting green. I love these tournaments, though, because there's, like, so much of that sizing up that goes oh. on that I noticed. Because now, I mean, yes, yes, it matters, but it doesn't like really yeah. matter. I mean, it's like club championships to me matter, like invitationals kind of matter, but, um, it wasn't anything impressive, but you know, I played some, uh, some college golf at Elmira mm -hmm. again, it was D three in New York. Yeah. Pretty liberal who they let on the team. So there's the caveat. <laughs> it's nothing wild, but anyway, so on the team. And so, you know, I'm, I'm used to those like, you know, conference tournaments where in your school colors and then you get to the Corona and you see like people sizing each other up. And it's like, all right, all right, fine, whatever. I mean, I guess we'll go. And then, so it's me again, Devin Ashley and Galen, Galen gets up on the first tee you hit a rope down the middle on the first hole and then you stuck the iron to like two feet and i was like all right cool we get to the second hole which isn't that hard of a hole but at north country for some reason it plays a little harder yeah galen yep. ropes another drive down the middle and i don't i just remember this because of these three holes and you stick your iron again to two feet 
I'm looking around. I was like, I, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Anyway, we get to the third hole, which I don't know of your audience who's a golfer, so apologize for this part. We get to the third hole, which is like a 220-yard um, par three, and you stuck it again. I'm just looking at Devin, and I, I just remember it because of the three in the row, and I remember sports things a lot. I just remember, finally at that point, I was like, who the hell is this kid? And then fourth hole is an easy hole, so I'm sure he had a birdie there. I was like, I don't, I, this is going to be a very, very long day. Where is the corona? But anyway, yeah, so sorry to cut you off, no. but yeah, that's when, that's when we first met. Really? I don't, I don't remember any of that. I, I remember the only thing. Well, because you were the one doing it. Well, if anybody knows me now, my golf game has gone completely downhill. Like right now, if I could break, my goal every summer is to break 90. Like, no, really? I don't play a lot. Like last, well, of course not. Yeah, and I just back then. Back then, my no, my I was shooting. I was consistently in the seventies back then. I, I, was, I played a lot of golf. back then. I was gonna then. say, yeah, for you, probably at least like a six handicap. That was not better. Six was probably the lowest I got to, or right around that. I wasn't big oh, okay. on putting my scores in, so. But I remember my average score one summer was probably my senior year of high school. My average was seventy six. I want to say. So I was yeah. about 17, 18 at the time. I was, I was very good. And then that's a four. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Long, long story short, I've gotten out of golf over the last 10 years. I mean, I still play it. I just don't play it consistently enough or practice enough to be good. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that. What I do remember, I think you be, you ended up beating me. I think for some reason, I remember Devin, obviously, sorry, Devin, you, you, we definitely both beat you. Uh, but I think <laughs> you and I, I think you beat, we were close. I think it was only like a stroke or two, but I think you okay. nipped me at the end. And then I might have gotten in the Coronas with Devin too, so maybe that was the issue. But you had long hair back then. Yeah, wicked flow. And the funny thing was, I only knew you because I don't even think Jess introduced me, and I knew Jess a little bit just from golf because we went to different schools. Oh yeah, probably Bart. Bart. Bart was the one who introduced me. And he's like, "This is this is Jess's uh, boyfriend. I think boyfriend at the time, right?" Yep. And yep. Um, so I ended up meeting you, whatever. We played. It was a good match. You know, we had fun. And uh, then I ended up seeing you again years later. And you were working for, was it Enterprise? Do you remember this? Yeah. And you drove me to my appointment. And I had no, or my appointment, the car place or whatever. And we were just like shooting the shit in the car. And I was like, and I think I started asking like, yeah, we just moved back up. Now you had very short hair at this point. Yes. Now think about this. I, I okay. go from meeting you for about four, no, well, whatever it was. If we did actually 36 holes. So whatever it was for one day of my life, I saw you. Yep. You had long hair. Yep. Then I see you conservatively six years, seven years later, you have short hair or however long ago this was five, six years after. Yeah, so back then I, I lose track probably say like four, maybe four years after I can't really so, remember, but you had, you had short hair and I remember yep. driving down and we were just talking and I think I was like on the phone working and we were just kind of making small talk. And yep. I, I think I just asked him like, Hey, so where are you from? And blah, blah, I went here and, and I actually moved up, you know, my wife's family's from the area and I'm like, Oh, who's your wife? And then you said, Jess. And I'm like, wait, what's your name? And you said, Bryce. And I'm like, we played golf together. I didn't recognize you because you had, like, again, I knew you one day of my life prior. Yeah. And I, But I obviously knew Jess. And it was just funny how that w worked out. And then you ended up, you were obviously full-time, you know, North Country at that point. Or that, from then on. Yeah. So I was, you're like, yeah, my wife's from Moores. I'm like, well, who is your, where'd she go, Northeastern? Yeah. yeah. Like, where's, like, so, small town. Um, do you play much golf anymore? You said you, um, summers it's probably about once a week. Um, twice a week would be awesome. The yeah. cool thing is again, the boys are both really into golf Yeah, and, and this is, I don't know how 
I have not pushed a sport. Jess has not pushed a sport on them. Their grandfather, uh, Bart, hasn't pushed a sport on them at all. They love hockey and golf, which I grew up playing hockey and golf. Jess's family is hockey and Jess golf. Jess is lefty, right? Yeah. Are you lefty or righty? No, righty. Are they these kids left or right? Both, both righty. I say so far because okay. Hayden doesn't know what hand yet. Okay. Both on the ice too. On the he uses both a lefty and a righty stick depending on the night. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So that's the other thing too is my dad started playing more golf when I hit ten because that's when I started playing golf. Oh sure. Crew will be out there much earlier. Like I'll probably start bringing him if he shows interest in it. But right now he likes swinging baseball bats and golf yeah. clubs in the house. So okay, when he's kind of like. Three, four, five. I might let him go hit out in the yard and just hit some shots. And if yeah. he has shows any interest, I'll bring him to like the yeah. range. Yeah. Well, no, I, I can go out right now and um and do nine holes with both boys. Like just me That's and the awesome. boys just grab a cart. They love riding the cart. The younger boy just kind of throw a golf ball in a club and he'll whack it around. And Carson, the older boy, um, is really really big into playing the whole hole. So like the full hole. He just really? like to call it the whole hole. Yeah. Because yeah. um North Country Golf Club, um. They did, an, they did a really cool thing a couple years ago where they put like a set of junior tees. Mm-hmm. They're little orange tees, so they're way farther up. Um, and so, yeah, so he'll just tee up there. And, awesome. I mean, for us, a lot of those wind up being like, let's say, like a Tuesday mm-hmm. when, you know, get home from work. Of course, the sun's up up here till like 10 o'clock at night. So we'll go and we'll just play, you know, get there, play nine holes, uh, try to zip home, you know, and be there just a little after my wife winds up getting home. Um, but no, they, they love it, which is awesome. Does so, Jess get out to play it at all? Not much, mm-hmm. not, not too much. Um, I know I, and, and we, but especially I hope it winds up being a little more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does Bart take him out? Yeah, he will. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could see, I could see like Bart, Bart looks intimidating when you look at him and then when you actually talk to him, he's like a big teddy bear, I think. Bingo. Yeah. Cause I could I could see him just being like goofy with the grandkids, even though he looks like because he was he was in uh, police, right? Or yeah, so yeah. he kind of looks like sheriff's. I could, like I could see if yeah. he rolled up on you and like like pulling you over, you'd be intimidated. But then I could also see him oh, also being like the big kid. Absolutely, that, that's where that's where it's funny. Like not growing up here, like I would some people I forget probably call it like four or five like guys um, within eight years of my age would be like, so how how was how was uh how was meeting Bart the first time? I was like. I, I don't know. Fine. Why? Like for them forgetting that I didn't grow up around here, like growing up knowing, you know, Bart from the sheriff's department that big. Yeah. I just, I met him. It was in, it was close to Elmira. Um, Jess and I certainly had got to the point, you know, where we were very, where we were serious enough in the relationship where mm-hmm. it felt, it really felt like something that was going to go a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So now, all right, it makes sense to, to meet each other's parents. So, Bart, that was back when he was doing a couple like construction things after he had retired from the sheriff's department. I think I have this right. And he was within like 40 minutes of Elmira. So we went out to meet him for dinner. I mean, and yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, he's a big dude. He's like, it like two and a half of me. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm barely five. I'm barely five ten, So we'll just call it five nine. And I'll, um, well, to describe, I guess, like, how how like skinny I am, Jess. My wife sent me a really really funny. Are you over or under one fifty? Over. Not much though. No. Okay. No, a little. It's pretty good. I'm doing like the eye test right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah no, yeah, one fifty. Yeah, no, so a, a little <laughs> over. But Jess sent me a meme, and it it was so just describe it. It was like, yeah, 
dating a skinny guy cool until you roll down the window and he blows out the car like a McDonald's napkin. <laughs> so, you know, so anyway, that's my size. And we're talking about someone who is, you know, I mean, over, over 200, obviously. And yeah. I, I think he's about 6'3". I was going to say, be my he's guest. a tall, he's a pretty tall guy. Big guy. And yeah, he, he, you know, did do 20 years with the sheriff's department. So just has that demeanor because so much of your livelihood was that demeanor mm-hmm. where, I mean, of course, been away from it now. A lot of those guys, at least in my experience, wind up having unreal senses of humor, yeah. first of all, and B can kind of turn it on and off yeah. as they need to. So if he turns it on, oh, hell yeah, I can see it now. Yeah, he's, he's, but, he's a good dude. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know him super well, but every time, I mean, he's always been super nice to me. So I, no, I'm, uh, the whole I'm, family has that. They're that, great people. That's, that's the thing. I, it, it's really, really humbling when you start like counting the blessings for me personally, a having, uh, having Jess, I've said this before too. Um, like some people marry up and yeah. some people outplay their coverage. Yeah, you did and well. I definitely, I definitely did both. Like leaning heavy on leaving, leaning like heavy on the college personality there. Um, and then to be able to marry into a family like, like hers, where very genuinely it's a second set of parents. Like mm-hmm. my in-laws are, I don't really think of them as in-laws. They're just yeah. another set of parents for me and her whole family. That's, you know, brother, sister-in-law, everything it, I don't know. Are, are they super lucky? Are they, your family still out Buffalo? Way? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So my mom and dad are there. Um, I grew up in a family business, so they're, they're still doing the family business out there. My sister still lives there, and I have an older brother who's a granola that lives in Idaho. <laughs> doing what? Uh, so he is an assistant pro at a private course, private oh, really? golf course in the summer. And in the wintertime, he's the, um, like the, basically the retail manager at the base of, um, at the base of the ski mountain at a lodge. So I was just about to say, I'm like the two, probably the two coolest things you could have. Yeah. Sun, Sun Valley, Idaho too so it's like a major tourist spot so do you uh do you ski i can i'm able to get down the mountain i you I mean i definitely won't you be skate, like so i, I wasn't yeah. sure like oh yeah does so it transition well i think so i mean i like i said i definitely won't be on any u.s ski teams like video for how to ski it'll look real awkward but you know i can i can make it down the hill you know hold your hands out like you got a tray just balance on your legs and I don't know. I've been going skiing a lot lately. So Oh, that's I, awesome. I finally like my new hobby I got into, but really me and a couple other guys that we all kind of work in business, so it's like Oh, cool. We we go up early early every other Wednesday early. Really? Yeah. What's early? We leave Plattsburgh at 7. Okay. We get up to Whiteface right about 8 and yeah. the chair lifts open at 8:30. So we just kind of we usually have about 10 minutes to kill. We put our stuff, I mean, well, we put our stuff on, walk up, have about 10 minutes to kill. Just kind of chit chat. We talk on the way up. Then you take the lift to the gondola. We went the other day and it was crystal clear out and it was gorgeous. I'll say you can probably rip too. Cause if you're there at like 830 eight, on a eight, Wednesday, I we bet it's not packed. 830 to 1030 and we're back in Plattsburgh by 10, 1145 the latest. Yeah. We usually both have 12 o'clock appointments. So we literally go up ski for two hours, drive back. Like if you just want to ski, you're more than welcome to come. Like we open it up to people, but like we, it's basically three of us that go. Um, but we have a blast and it's just, we look forward to it every, like literally the week of, we know it's ski week, which was just last one, this Wednesday. Oh yeah. We get like that. Like, ski week. It's kind of, it's kind of like, well, you, I guarantee you had this when you knew you were playing like an early round of golf the next morning and like you couldn't sleep the night before. Cause you're like, I just want to get up and like, go play oh, golf. Sure. Yeah. This was me like all of high school and college. Yeah. It was like that. You just knew. Absolutely. Like I gotta wake up at six to go golfing, but I it's yeah. like three in the morning. I'm wide awake, ready yeah. to go. 
Yeah. Um, so we were, uh, I want to ask you two other things. So yeah. or, or you said something about organizational systems. Like what do you use right now? Cause I'm curious, I'm always curious to learn stuff on this. Cause again, I've been doing this like, again, I run my own business, business, but I run my own day to day scheduling and whatever I want to do during the day. And I try to come up with systems. So you said you're like a note, like just paper and pen. Yeah. Like, I mean, is there anything that, how do you stay organized? And we've, we're going to transition that cause we, t- we talked about a little bit before, but like you say every day your head's spinning with ideas, thoughts, things all over the place. Mine's the same way. Like yeah. my mind never shuts off. Yep. Um, how do you, one, how do you try to turn that off if possible? How do you keep things organized? Mm-hmm. How do you kind of day to day navigate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of turning it off for me, and it is, it's really, really hard is remembering how important it is to be present with what you're doing. Um, and that's whether you are responding to an email or that's whether you're on the phone with someone or that's whether you're having a conversation with someone you work with. Um, that's something that I've been trying to be keenly aware of is also those internal interactions mm-hmm. with people you work or people with whom you work. Uh, cause I, I think sometimes, you know, those can wind up being taken for almost for granted just because we're just here because we wind up working together. And while I'm sitting here talking to you and maybe you're telling me about, you know, how the kids boy scout fundraising is doing, I'm thinking about the conversation I just had in the meeting, I'm just ready to go to. So mm-hmm. that's tying back into being um, as present as possible and something that I certainly haven't done the best job of yet, but I'm really, really trying to um, make more of a habit. So I guess it's it's been inconsistent so far is knowing what I want out of the day before the day starts. Um, just so that way it's kind of like you're running the day, the day doesn't run you mm-hmm. type deal. I mean, of course there are gonna be things out of your control. And, and, and that's fine. You just have to learn how to work with that. But, um, for me, it's, it's taking a little bit of time in the evening, a little bit of quiet time. So that's after the boys are are done. Um, and having that to-do list with me, prioritizing that ahead of time. Um, and just really making that conscious effort for, all right, tomorrow, this is what I want out of tomorrow. Um, and that could be largely dependent upon the day. Um, In terms of once the day gets going, um, it is a super, super little thing. But once someone at Northern recommended it to me, um, it completely changed the day is uh, email itself is not open. Um, Email will be like a three, three times a day uh, check. Mm -hmm. So check it at. Like I said, when I when I get into the office, cool, check it. That's very, very natural. But then close out the email. Like once you're done answering emails or if there's an email that triggers something else on your to-do list, you notate that, respond to what you need to, but then emails off and then you crank out with what you need to do to be as productive and present as possible because otherwise you're working, 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 ding, working, 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 ding, responding. And now all you're doing all day is responding when, especially when you're in a role I mean, across whatever you're doing, whether it's, um, you know, more admin work or sales work or IT, any of that, you're supposed to be producing, right? You need to be a value add. And I'm sure someone who hires people or brings people onto a team, mm-hmm. part of that consideration is, I mean, how can you add value to the team? And so with that, that's, that's kind of limited is if all you're doing is very, very responsive in, in, in its nature. And for me, those days wind up also being a little more frustrating 
and cumbersome because it feels like I wasn't like advancing. Um, so email off and then, you know, turn it on before lunch, check again. Cool. A little bit before I know I'm going to leave, um, for the house for the end of the day, check it again. Um, so that's just a real, real little itty, itty bitty thing. Um, but it's been really, really helpful so are, far. Are you guys, how, how does insurance work? I mean, it's like, say the day ends at five or you close at five. Are you pretty mm-hmm. much done? Cause a lot of it's business to business for sure. you. Yeah. So what I do is all, is all B2B if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all commercial line. So it's all business mm-hmm. insurance, you know, which say, you know, is property for the building liability, um, you know, kind of workers comp, all that stuff. So a lot of it. Yes. Um, of course, I mean, like last night I was talking to someone at um, eight o'clock because mm-hmm. that was the only time that they could talk. I mean, they run their own business. So during the day, it's it, it's tough. A majority, yes. A majority, yes, winds up falling in the eight to five, eight and, to four thirty time And weekends, frame. obviously, you can pretty much check out on weekends. Yes, unless, again, someone's only available then or unless the bad day comes, mm-hmm. unless something happens yeah. um, because that's where... It that's where it very that's where it very quickly becomes more personal too, right? I mean, yes, uh, you know we have to make sure that the policy responds in the way we would we had hoped it would in the event of a loss, but at the same time, someone that I you know know have talked and worked with is experiencing a loss, which is I mean that's I mean very very natural to me at least to to be able to empathize with so. How, Besides that majority, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. Monday to Friday, business hours. Um, so the email thing, are you, like truly, like if you were to say in a in a week, out of the five days of the week, yep. do, you, do you keep to that three three a day? Like is that a habit, like three I a day wa- guaranteed or is it? Well, because I'm trying to do much, much better with consistency in general. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just similar to fixing a golf swing. Mm-hmm. You can't think about eight things at once because you'll jack it all up. So I was trying to think about just like a couple things just to help with that productivity. One of them is consistency. And then one of them is the 1% better rule. Mm-hmm. Just 1% better today than I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. 1% better, 1% better. And of course, compounded. You know, I'm not going to go to the posters, 365% better. No, because I'm even, I'm thinking about a longer game than that. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about the next year. It's the next five years at least. So anyway, consistency, 1% better. So for me, consistency, I started tracking that. Um, this week wasn't the best. I did it three th- uh, three days, three out of the five days. I did that email mm-hmm. thing. That's good, yeah. Um, but yeah, because it it's nice because that, to me, for me at least, it also forces you to be more proactive. Because um, otherwise, if you're not actively pursuing something, and you're not responding to email, then there's a lot of like down, there winds up being a lot of downtime yeah. um, if, if you aren't doing that. So for, for me, that's nice because that that's a reminder that, all right, well, I'm not just like looking at email, responding to email, letting email run the day. So I'm going to run the day that email just winds up being a part of. And that's, um, that's been helpful. The, uh, one of my friends um, locally, he gave me this, he gave me this sheet to track. Basically, it tracks metrics each week. Yeah. And I was doing it for, uh, God, since 2015. It's just a sheet. And I can, I'll show you it before you leave. Yeah. Um, and he gave it to me. And it's taken on different roles and different things over the last, well, this is now 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. I'm starting year six of filling this sheet out. I've gone through waves where I was consistent for like a couple years, filled it out every week. 
last year I slipped on it, uh, meaning I I didn't fill it out because it felt more like a chore to fill it, fill it out than actually a tool. And I kind of had a conversation with him, and I'm still getting better at it, but I'm like, I got to simplify this down, and I got to simplify the metrics down so it doesn't feel as much of a chore where I can use it as a tool to get better and, and track my day to day. So really it tracks like, you know, face to face appointments. It tracks like my networking kind of like sure. it's business building or relationship building events. It, t- it tracks my conversations with certain groups of people. Yeah. Um, it, for me, it tracks, I, I have how many podcasts a week I do. Cause I want to do one Gail and Trombley and one realty talk per week for the year. So for me, I want just one, I want two podcasts done every week. So then little metrics like that, I track my social media posts, like things that I know are important for my business. And I use my metrics. You're going to have a different metric. I mean, not your insurance, not real estate. Certain things will be the similar. But I think if you can fill it out, which you can easily do, it's like a, basically an Excel spreadsheet kind of yep. thing and track it each week. And then new week starts, track it, new week starts, track it. And you have metrics on it that you try to hit. So one of the things that they have on it is to have 15 face-to-face appointments a week. So it's three a day. That is a mixture. I consider those face-to-face appointments that move, what I'd say, move the needle forward in some regard. Whether it's relationship building, whether it's a showing, a listing. It could be a one-on-one meeting with an agent internally. I would still consider that because I'm establishing a relationship or giving knowledge or helping train, whatever. Like this week, I think I might have my most ever, and I'm going to be close to 30, which in a week is insane. Like it's one of my busiest, like all over the place weeks. Um, and it could be this podcast counts. I came from a networking thing. I have another meeting after. I had two, one, two, two appointments this morning. I had one that actually got canceled that I wasn't even going to call. It was with one of my interns. I didn't even actually put that on the sheet. But I can see from six years ago, I was maybe getting three appointments a week. Now I'm getting to the point where it's like five appointments a day with different people and different things. But I can see, we talked about the compound effect. I call mm-hmm. it the snowball effect. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten bigger and bigger. So for you, I think this would be a good tool just to track. But you put metrics on there that you know are important to your day-to-day. Sure. And maybe it is email checks per day and you have down three. And your number that day is should be three or less. Sure. But it's whatever that metric is. But the, the cool thing is at a glance, so I can look literally at a piece of paper that's filled out. It's on a clipboard. I can just look at it and be like, man, I haven't called enough referral partners or past clients this week. I'm slacking on it. I see that. And there's things that I am behind on. My goal this year is to what I call pitch a perfect game, which means to have the whole thing filled out by the end of the year. At least do it one week um, and make it a habit. I'm not there now. I'd say right now I'm about somewhere around 35, 40%, but it's something I can work towards. Yeah. And if I don't, if I only 80%, well, 80% is pretty damn good if I can fi- figure out 80%, but I'll give that sheet to you, but I think you sure. can benefit of it and yeah. track your own metrics yeah. on it. Um, yeah. And I, I, I like that about also understanding that it's moving the dial. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course now this is very quickly, like, I don't know, so many of these conversations wind up getting to is, you know, the younger age and wanting it right now. Mm-hmm. And you can point to whatever it is, right? Cause you had technology at your fingertips forever. You didn't have to wait for your favorite show to come on Wednesday at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. You popped on the Netflix, whatever it winds up being. So you want it now, want it now, want it now, want it now. Um, 
in a, and of course this is um, one, one of the people that I really, really enjoy listening to. And it's funny because I'll probably butcher his last name, but it's Simon Sinek. Simon Sinek. Yeah. Start with why? Like yeah. really. I got his book. Yeah. Start with why. It's funny. I, I, uh, I got one of his leadership books for. Um, is it eat, Leaders Eat Last? For, for my wife. I think it is start with why actually as start opposed, with okay. um, but just, you know, kind of putting that framework around how, you know, just the, the general, you know, parenting wound up being, you can be anything you want to be and you can have anything that you want that winds up translating and you can have anything you want because you want it all this very, very nice, safe. And then all of a sudden you're in the real world and, um, you know, you can't just have it and you get beat down um, and stuff doesn't happen immediately. So tying all that back, um, geez, thanks for going around that circle with me there, um, to just understanding that this week, this month, it is okay. And it's good to move the dial. Like we don't have to go from Hercules zero to hero mm-hmm. in a music montage, right? Like your life is not a music montage that you see in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like how many of those movies someone is flat on their face and then like um 30 seconds of Phil Collins later they're they're jacked they're just jacked and they're knocking out you know some you know russian boxer mm-hmm. that's not the way that life winds up working um and so it's just being patient be uh, understanding how important it is to to move the dial understanding that you're not the only one who feels that way um, before we started recording, I know we, you know, we were touching on, um, you know, mental health mm-hmm. and how that's taken yeah. an increasingly important role in my life, just being in proactive and, in, in, in treating it and working on it. But you aren't the only person that's ever felt this way and you aren't alone in how you're feeling and it's okay to feel how you feel. The thing that's not okay is just like dwelling in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm always, always, always game for anything that would help move the dial to better set myself up for, all right, next week's going to be a better week. Following week's going to be a better week. And then all of a sudden now you have a month over month. And of course the year over the year. Are, are you, are you like a glass half full glass half empty? Like, are you one that you always look at the positive or do you, I mean like legitimately look at positives or you get, I mean, there's some people that say they do and then they're kind of talking themselves into wanting to do that. No, I, I love, I love that. And only recently have I been able to be like super, super honest with, with, with myself, um, about that, that about that stuff. So with other people, I am absolutely glass half full. And I'm not saying like when I'm out in public, mm-hmm. That's not what I mean. I mean, like if someone else is telling me about their situation, it's much easier to give advice than take advice, right? That's similar thought. It's much easier to point out the positives or how it's not actually the end of the world where now when I'm internal, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it would be quite glass half full, like looking in the mirror, looking back at myself, maybe just the water level is what the water level is in the glass. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to quite say glass half empty, but it is absolutely not all sunshine and rainbows and mm-hmm. everything will be fine. Um, kind of ebbs, ebbs and flows depending on the time of the day where, um, where you catch me, I guess. Yeah. I, I think one of the, one of the Ben, like I always look at, I'm very lucky cause I've had, I've had people come on and talk about this on the podcast or, you know, privately like in conversations. And one of the things that I'm very lucky is I've never really had 
like a met like the mental health or I've never really had I've always been very positive and I've had times where like things go bad but I'm so proactively positive with stuff that, sure that's that I, for but it's 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 one that I'm lucky and to be honest one of my I really have probably two or three if you were to like really ask me like what would cripple you like in life there's only a few things and like mm-hmm. anything that happened to your family, of course. like health issues with your yep. family health. The other one for me is obviously health issues with myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say probably one of the big ones. Um, I have a fear of, I know it's kind of, but like I do have a fear of not reaching my full potential. Meaning I just don't, I have a fear of not living my life or putting in the effort my entire life where I've just find like if I'm not doing something, then I'm falling behind, even though it's not, the, it's really not true, but it's my idea that I'm always like, that's why I'm go, 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 go all the time and doing stuff. Cause I just, I don't like being stagnant. I'm like a busybody, but I want my, that busybody stuff to move the needle forward, not just like spin around in circles. My other thing too, is the mental aspect of it too. Like if for some reason I lose my mental capacity, meaning just like, like an Alzheimer's kind of thing, or yeah. which I know is later on in life for dementia but then my other thing is from a standpoint of which can happen anytime is the mental health of self-doubt or negativity or you know any of these really dark thoughts that people have that i know like cripples people i've never luckily again knock on wood like i've never had this actually happen to me so for me i kind of live in like i hope that never does happen because i'm in such a good headspace right now oh that's awesome which is yeah so it's one of those but like from a stand, and part of it is I try to, I try to align myself with good people. I do stuff I love every day to do. Sure. So I'm trying to, everything in my life currently is very positive. Yeah. The other thing is I, I do a very very good job, for myself of pushing out anything that could jeopardize that. Meaning, negative people. Yep. Gossip, negative reactions, negative because because again, how you react to stuff is huge. I mean, you have full control over that. So I always look. One of the things that, that kind of puts me at peace is two things. One, I believe everything happens for a reason no matter what. Now, I don't you, can, you don't have to say like, you know, is it a higher power or whatever. I kind of believe in that whether like I'm not a big church going guy anymore. But like my idea is that I do believe that things are meant to happen for a reason. I do believe in karma. Like I believe in being good to people will come back to benefit you. Yeah. Um, and then I also believe that um, – what was the last one? Um uh, mental block here, but the the idea that oh, um, that my reaction to stuff I can only control what I can control. So I I feel very at ease where if something negative happens, but there's nothing I could have done, or I react to it in the best possible way that I can react to it, then I'm at peace because I'm doing everything that I can do. Where I don't want to overcomplicate things, or I don't want to. If something, if there's a bad situation, I don't want to feed into it or I don't want it to tear me down where it's like, I'm just going to, okay, like it, I kind of, it's almost like I acknowledge it. It is what it is. Now, what's the, how do we fix it? How do we make it better? And I, maybe that has to do with my job because things happen all the time that are negative. Like fires happen all the time within transactions or with people or with whatever. I'm always the one that say, okay, Mm. we have a problem. Okay. I acknowledge the problem. And instead of being emotionally distraught or emotionally, like some people get way over the top and they lose control. They're not, they're not thinking clearly because they're too emotionally invested or tied up. 
So I, I look at it as, okay, bad situation, good, boom, boom, boom. How do we navigate out of it and get back to clear waters kind of thing? And luckily, that's it's a natural reaction for me. But when you talk about maybe it is because we said before, I talk with a lot of people all week. So like my head, thoughts in my head, I can give it, I yeah. can spill it. Yep. So maybe that is my therapy where I actually have, to be honest, dozens of therapists in the community that, cause I can just reach out to them and talk to them. Sure. Maybe it's something like this where I can just talk, yeah. you know? And I think it's important cause I think the mental aspect is so much more powerful than anything else. Like if you have a good headspace, people can accomplish anything they want. It's, have you ever read uh think and grow rich? No. Old school book. Like, uh, but it's the idea of whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. I think that's how the saying goes. Okay. Meaning if you can believe it and you want it. I mean, that it, sounds right. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where if you want it and you want it bad enough and you can see it in your mind, it will happen. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that, that's like when, um, that's like Jim Carrey. Yes. When he was first starting yes. out and he wrote himself a 10, a check for $10 million for acting services rendered. And then I forget how much longer it was, but he was I think paid. he did after Dumb and Dumber. He was paid 10 million bucks to do a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it. So it's it. It's one of those. Yeah, ab, ab, it's absolutely visualization. Do you ab, have that visualization? Do I like a strong visualization of stuff? I I will I I will for you know say if it's um like let's say there's like a big we'll say proposal coming up right. Um, I mean it's uh would do a lot of good for a lot of people. Do good, you know, say for the area, for my own goals, for Northern's goals. Um, yeah, I'll I'll sit at a time, close my eyes and visualize how that meeting goes. What I'm saying, how I'm saying it, even what the room is going to feel like, who's in the room. Um, yep, absolutely do that. And that's something that I didn't used to do, but will will do. And that's, um, that's helpful. It's a powerful thing. I mean, geez, oh, I'm going to get their name wrong too. What are they called? The the airplanes that do the trick. Blue Angels? Yeah, yep. That's what they that they are the training for them. They are like the prime example of visualization. They'll sit there and they will visualize what they do. I mean Olympic athletes, skiers, mm-hmm. bobsled, mm-hmm. all those things where that's similar to a business day where you kind of know what's coming, but it's moving so fast you don't have time to it's not like me driving my truck home from up to Shazi where you can see it coming. You can't see it coming, but you kinda know what to expect. But you've prepped it. Did, did, did you do it for sports at all? Um, I did it for hockey. Yeah. Yep. Big games. Absolutely. Um, you know, I was real, real fortunate. Played and I played in a few state championship games. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. Sit there, visualize it, um, and just put yourself into different scenarios. How this looks, and what yeah. am I doing? I, I visualization to me is one. It's weird, and I, I don't know if it's a skill that you just happen or if you can train it. I did it as a kid with um, sports, um, like same thing. If you're in like a big game, yeah. Hello, like, yeah. It's like what the crowd would feel like, what the what the room would feel like, what the. Um, I do it this past week. I had to I had to do a speech at one of uh, the events. Oh, nice! And I I literally down to like where I was gonna sit to walk like everything i didn't have the speech written oh visualize the but walk i visualized up. like the room i visualized the oh, table yeah. 
So it was what? A, oh yeah, sorry to interrupt, but what a dick I've been as a guest. We get this long into a conversation. I don't even say congratulations. Oh, was that a word? Being yeah. a damn trailblazer. Yeah. So that was the. Thanks the for word. coming. Saw you. Awesome text. Um, your big great Gatsby guy, right? Love it. So what a natural night for you. So I yes. So congrats. Thank you. I appreciate trailblazer. it. Trailblazer. Yeah, it was cool. It was a cool. No, it was, I. It, I said the most the most meaningful award I've ever gotten because what it stands for is exactly kind of how I've been living my life the last few years. So that's what you were just talking about two minutes ago about one of those things where that's how you have to act to not have that fear of staying in one place. Yes. And I, all the way down to the name, like, even though like the name kind of sounds like, like that kind of sounds like a cheesy kind of name, but I'm like, you know what? It's a really cool name. Mm -hmm. And when I thought about it, Instead of like young business professional, or whatever, I'm like, you know what? I like the name of it. And so, yes, the, well, I'll get to the Gatsby thing in a sec. Have you read that book? Did you cliff note the, the book through high school? No. I, Did you watch a movie? I've seen most of the movie um, with, uh, well, the newer one. Leonardo I've seen DiCaprio. most of the newer one with Leo. And I think I, think I read the back cover. That's and good. All a right. couple of the chapters. So you're only a couple hundred pages from finishing. So yeah, good. yeah. Don't worry about it. Still, still uh, crush the paper. Um, I'm not worried. <laughs> the uh, so so um, but well, so it was that that award. But we like gave the speech. So like I literally had down like what I was wearing, what the crowd would be like, who was at our table. Oh, and you know, what was funny about this whole speech. I had an idea who was going to be there. I knew it was a big event. I knew there was a lot of people. I knew there was a lot of like pretty distinguished people there, and. I visualized it. I didn't have a speech written. I kind of had a talking points of what I wanted to say, but I totally winged it when I got up there. Just kind of like, what's the next thought that comes to my head? I walked into Westside Ballroom, and the funniest thing happened. They're like, oh, you're at table six. I said, okay, cool. I don't know where table six is. Walked in. Table six was exactly where no I had shit. visualized where I would be to go up and it was crazy and the first thought I had when I walked in and I saw we were sitting that was literally my first thought I'm like I've been visualizing this for a month and I know exactly and that literally was the when I was visualizing getting called up that's the exact spot in the room I was which is weird so I don't think like I think that things happen for a reason but there's Mm -hmm. a weird reason why that was there yeah which maybe and again could could totally have been coincidence but yeah it's a big room a lot of tables it was so weird very weird it's tough to explain, but there's enough there's enough examples where there's something to it, where there's oh, something yeah. like that, or I mean, I I mean, countless, countless, not countless, probably all the sports psychologists out there are talking to all of their athletes they're working with about visualization. Yeah, regardless of the sport, wrestling to golf, say bobsled to well, that's one cricket. of the biggest things. Conor, you watch MMA at all, or Conor McGregor? Yeah, no, he is. Like, yep. It's one of his big things. He's like visualization. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see everything happening, and yeah. So no, keep going. It's yeah, no, I mean, no, just like all that. There's just so many of those examples, um, and he it just you know, extreme to very very simple, right? Mm-hmm. So turning lights off in a hockey locker room and putting yourself in the situations you know you're going to be in against this team, mm-hmm. right? It's a race to a puck in the corner. Right. Or it's going in the corner and I know that I got a dude. We already mentioned this. I ain't that big a guy. I got to do twice my size barreling down my back. Mm-hmm. Right. And where when I'm the first one into the corner because it's been dumped into that side, where's everyone going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have to put yourself in that position. And then when it happens in the game, it's happened already. Something as specific as that to going ahead and picturing yourself 
in front of the goalie, just you and the goalie, after you receive that pass from, you know, the line mate that you've been playing with for six years, Mm -hmm. you know, you know how it's going to look coming off of his stick. You catch it. I'm a left, you know, I'm on the right side and left-handed comes to my stick. I know what the puck looks like on my stick when I catch it because I have white tape. Mm -hmm. Now I look up, I know the goalie's uniform and I know the goalie's stance. I know what he is going to look like faced at me. Mm -hmm. I know it already. So now you know, all right, him, low blocker side is dynamite from there all day. Perfect. Happens in a game, it takes two seconds, but boom, there's your goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff as specific as that too, when you're getting ready to golf something that pseudo matters, you know it's coming ahead of time. So the week uh, the week before, just something as little as, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to putt the way I know I can putt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to putt the way I know I can putt. And then... The tough part or the interesting part to me about visualization is you also have to be able to turn it off when the event happens. Yeah. Like you can't still be... You got to re- have a reaction mode. Like when you sit down at the table, you can't still be envisioning yourself walking up anymore because now you're in the event and now you're present. Yes, exactly. To me at least, because then you're going to... you're gonna. It was absolutely get into your own head and now you've defeated the purpose. It was a split second. It yep. was like, cool. And then it was like, in yeah, then it was like in present. Yep. Um, and, and so the visualization, the visualization of the company, it's kind of, I had this, uh, do you know, Aaron Benner, Boyer Benner group, little short guy. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Drinks way too much coffee. Um, I'm guessing he and I have shaked each other's hands three times and that would be the extent of our, okay. Well, me knowing him, but I do know him. I also know that they, uh, ball out with their costumes for chamber events. They're good. Yes. So he, uh. So we had a meeting, um, and me and him are at this point we've had a, we're really good friends now, like more more so than just business acquaintances, like really good friends. And he uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it, we're very similar. So we end up having this meeting. This was a little, this was about a week before Christmas, something like that. And we have monthly meetings, and uh, it was funny. We're always on the same page, and it got to the point we had a two-hour meeting scheduled. Meeting lasted four hours, which is everybody knows Aaron's typical. Anybody knows me or Aaron, you know that's definitely plausible. And we were rushing to go home basically after four hours. And about two hours in, I wanted to punch him in the face, and he probably wanted to punch me. And it was one of those not in a bad situation, okay, but we weren't seeing eye to eye. And then, in a good way, though, we were like we just. We just fell off and we even like said it like something's weird today and we both felt it but then it ended up coming around to like our best meeting I think we've ever had. And it was funny because we came like back full circle. But in the meeting and I still have a picture of it like I started like drawing stuff on the chalkboard and a chalkboard it was whiteboard and I'm drawing like this basically like this XY chart graphic of like my career and I'm just like ding 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 and like it was the first time I think I've actually was able to articulate it on a scale. And I know this sounds crazy. And if I was to even show you the photo now, you'd just be like, okay. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really show much, but like, I'm like, for me, it means everything. Like I can see yeah. it and, and we were like so in tune, but the visualization, the, the freaky thing is like a lot of the stuff that I visualized in my life. This is, so this is 10 years of real estate. Okay. I really wasn't my, I set a goal for my end of my 10th year of real estate. I think it was my second year of real estate that I set the goal. And it was a stupid, like I say, stupid goal. At, at the time, it was just a goal. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. I have no clue how I'm going to do it. It was very odd. Well, this is the, my 10th year. So really, I my hope is that I accomplish it. I was very close last year to doing it. 
hopefully at the end of this year, I can say that I accomplished a 10-year goal. And we go back to what you said at the very beginning about kids want it too quickly. Like I set a 10-year goal as a 21-year-old, yeah. 22-year-old. Like, uh, no, 21. I was 21. Yeah, set a goal for that I would finish at the end of my 30. Like at 21, thinking about 30 is like so far off. Yep. Like, so it's funny that the things that have happened and my stuff that I've visualized, like I don't know exactly how I was going to get there, but I kind of knew I was going to get there. Mm -hmm. And then things fall into place, but like the little actions you take open doors up. And then as things start kind of unfolding, I'm like, holy crap. It's almost like I feel, it feels like I'm on like a roller coaster ride every day that I'm like just in and I just know the ride's going to last like 70 years. And I'm just... I'm just like going through it and I'm just like along for the ride and doors like feels like I'm gonna like hit a wall and the door just opens and it's like a whole new world and you're like, oh my God, this is like an awesome. So it's like a very weird trip the last probably 10 years. Yeah. And I like, like we met before that. So like, yep. Like back then I was just like a college kid, you know, kind of like we both were doing nothing. And then 10 years go by and you're like, like I'm a completely different person. Not like how I act, but just like my my mental state, my, of course I've, I've, I've grown as a, like, I just understand more now. Yeah, of course. It's weird at 18. You don't know a lot. No, you, like well, newsflash. You just don't know. Well, you, you, you should. And that's always been the funny thing to me is like, if, if you go back home or if you see someone who, sorry, I mean, for me, if you go back home or if you see someone who you haven't seen in a while, mm-hmm. right. And let's say they were just a high school acquaintance, right? Like they were your high school friend. Mm-hmm. You got along in the lunchroom you never really hung out after and then they're talking for a while and they go like, man, man you've changed. Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I better have like at least a, a, be a little different. Like I, like we still better not be having the same conversation as you and I were in, you know, Mr. Johnson's chemistry class. Like yeah. I hope I've changed. Um, yeah. And, and that's something where tying in pers- personally for me, that's something where like the, the, the going back to, to Northern for me, part of it, honestly, besides knowing that it's an unreal organization, unreal organization to be a part of in terms of their proactive community involvement, but just the support that there is an, um, uh, internally, um, part of it was doing kind of what you had just talked about where before I would say, again, very, very lucky things on the personal side are amazing. Mm-hmm. I have the personal part figured out, um, you know, happy with who I am, you know, personally still working on that professionally, but happy with who I am personally, mm-hmm. um, unreal home life. But to be honest, I was floating professionally, mm-hmm. right? Like not that all in hundred percent buy-in and coming back to, to Northern was, you know, doing just that, like go ahead and actually bet on yourself actually take the leap of faith don't don't over calculate it ahead of time and then watch it play out do it and then figure out how to make it happen so that's yeah. that's for me why this this has been exciting challenging um and a lot of uncomfortable situations again not not in a bad way but just uncomfortable because i know that it's helping i know it's helping with the professional growth do you so to kind of go back to Simon Sinek, like start with yep. why. Do you have a strong like why you do stuff now? And maybe not. And it's not like it's not good or bad if you Correct. do or not. But like it's, you said, no, now you're not, my, maybe not floating as much. No, my the reason the reason I smiled 
is because that's something I'm proactively working on. Yeah. That's, that's one of my, that's one of my, um, first part of 2020 goals Mm -hmm. is to pin down a why and a much more specific why. And that's actually something that was prompted by, um, someone that, uh, we were talking about this before who, who I go see to acu for acupuncture. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's not yet for anything physical, but it's more just for that emotional and spiritual well being part. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he, he had asked the same thing, like what's your why? Because his thought is, you know, someone who has a why can endure any how. Mm-hmm. Like, so as long as you have the why you can endure any how. Mm-hmm. So, for me, and I wanted to be, I wanted it to be a very targeted approach to figuring out the why, not just sitting down while I'm, you know, munching on some popcorn, watching whatever it is on Netflix or watching the Sabres game. Mm-hmm. Wanted it to be targeted time, really, really pinning down a why instead of, because a cop out to me would be, I'm doing this to give the boys everything I had and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yes, absolutely. Why? But something that, sorry, for someone mm-hmm. that could be something, but uh, needing something, I guess that actually resonates yeah, more with me and, and had, had more of a, yeah, had j- just sat more, carried so, more weight. So the, the reason I asked this is because, and again, I'm going, I'll take my experience. I came up with a really, really, really strong why for me personally probably like one that I really feel solid about probably in the last year and a half to two years. So what happened was when I got, again, I'm going my 10 year like professional career. The, I had a why that was very self-serving, not in a bad way, but it was very just okay. me. Cause I was the way real estate works. You're an independent contractor. I wasn't in a position where what I did didn't really affect a lot of people, at least so I thought when I was like, okay, I just want to be the best version of myself, which was, you know, I've been able to do that and I still do that every day. But then I got to the point where I could see myself capping. If my goal was to be the best I could be or to do as much personal sales as I could do, at a certain point, I was going to cap at that rate. Like, I mean, it just physically, like, I'm just going to, like, I can only do so much. And I'm getting to that point now where I, and I, there's a couple, that's why I say about a year and a half to two years out, because I could see the writing on the wall. Like, I'm going to, I'm basically going to hopefully accomplish that goal this year, if not next year. I mean, like, so then I looked at it as, well, that's not a really good goal if I, like, for me personally, if I accomplish it at age 30. So then I look at what is really my long-term why? Like, mm-hmm. why do I do it? So I took a step back and I was kind of figuring out, and now I have such a clear cut why, which goes beyond me. It goes to our company, which goes to the people that associate with this company. Then it goes out from there, which is going to be my next basically 10 year project, which we talked about the snowball effect, I think will happen more, will happen quicker and way bigger than my first 10 years. My next 10 years will be that. Then I think my, 10 years after that and on is so community centric where I want to go from, I spent 10 years focusing really on me. And then now I'm spending 10 years focusing on a smaller group of people, meaning like our organization, which hopefully in 10 years, could it be close to 50 people? 
potentially. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the growth level will be. And this is the stuff with visualizing. I don't know all the fine details. I kind of know the big things I want to do and I can see them happening, but it's almost like looking out and it's kind of, it's kind of hazy or fuzzy, but I know it's there. And then it's just a matter of as I get closer, that will become more clear and I'll see the mm. fine details. Mm-hmm. And then I look at through those 10 years, again, at that point, realistically, I will be 40 years old. So then I look at what's my 40 to 70 to 80 look like. Yep. And that is so community centric where it's like, how do I go from, that's why we kind of picked up, that's why like we really came up with like the local matters thing. Like we, we kind of have branded with our company is that it, I'm trying to um, go beyond myself, go beyond our company, go beyond our, our the people at our company to affect the greater area. Mm-hmm. And that will take not just me, that will take me with relationships with other people that I'm building now that yeah. are younger people that hopefully have the, you know, the thought and like you would be someone like this, like you're a young guy that's, you know, have settled down in the community mm-hmm. that here's our 30, 40, 50 year, you know, career where we can really move the needle in our community from here to here, which for me, again, having kids helps like providing a community or providing an area to live where our kids won't have to go elsewhere to look for opportunities where they want to stay here. Yeah. They have everything they needed more. They can stay like I'm big, you know, obviously I didn't move out because of family. Like I wanted to stay semi near family. Um, you're, I mean, you move towards a family, even mm-hmm. though you left, but like, I mean, just, you know, you're still with your family's very close. Um, so that is kind of like the why became bigger than myself. But what I'm saying for you is that it took me a solid eight years to come up with something even remotely close to what I was passionate about. And it's big enough that I know it's going to take me decades to actually reach. And there's really no definitive end date. My 10 year goal had a quantitative end date and I didn't like that where now I find that there's what I want to do doesn't really have that metric but there's gonna be a lot of metrics in between that I can, I'm going to like chip off. Mm-hmm. So my, I guess my thing to you is probably not act like you can think about it. Cause I think that definitely helps to think about it, but I think you got to let it come. It's kind of like trying to go find a spouse. Like if you were trying to actively go out and just like try to make it work with somebody, it's not really going to happen. My assumption for you and Jess was that you met and it just naturally happened the way it should have happened. That's the way I look at a lot of stuff. Like me and my wife came together and it wasn't like love at first sight. Like we knew each other for about a year before we started dating, but it happened the correct, like it happened the correct way. Same thing with for like, the two of you. Yeah. Right. Just like, so this and comes was, right for you and I wasn't, as it's coming in. Yeah. And I wasn't forcing it. She wasn't forcing it and it right. works. So that's kind of like the why, like it will come into your life. It'll, you will see it when you're ready to see it. Yep. Or it's maybe it's something you've already thought about, but it doesn't really hit you clear because you're not in the right headspace or you're not in the right frame of mind or not in the right position in your life to hit it, to really have it make sense. Sure. So I think for you, like think about it, but also don't force it or have a why that is very open to change oh, based yeah. on, you know, yeah. I guess cause my, that my why could change two years from now. I don't know, but uh, yeah, but it's starting to form where I really feel passionate about every day waking up and like literally busting my tail for 12 hours a day at least to make it happen. So that that's the fun part, I guess, about it. But for you, if it's a long-term thing and it gets you up every day and like makes you excited to go to work, 
like my Monday is the same as a Saturday to me. It's really my life because I just, every day is fun. Like I don't like dread the week. Like sure. I love, give me a full week to get after it. Like I love it. Sure. Like today's a Friday and really like you could say like, oh, today's Monday. Be like, okay, great. I got four more days to just crush it. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, it's, it's, it, but I love it. Like it's just something that, I don't know. Huh. That's, that's, that's like my only thing from, um, I guess that's my only thing from that perspective. Yeah. Like a why. But yeah. I, th- I think you're bright enough. That's good. You're, no, that, you're bright though. So you'll, it will happen. It'll pop. Like you'll basically present itself when you want it to yeah. or need it to. No, that that's a, that's an interesting idea behind it too. That I can just cause typically for me, I am uh, I'm, I'm much more calculated in my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, I guess, I don't know, kind of what I was talking about before about being um, way, way in internal and a lot of conversations in my own head. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and a lot of those, what I'm thinking about for myself is it's, it's very, very calculated and it has to have some kind of structure. Like the line of thinking has to be structured to get to what I would call, you know, like a rational answer about something. And for some things that is awesome, but for other things and a lot of things for me so far professionally, that's actually been, um, like an obstacle to get through because again, it's so much, it's so, so calculated Mm -hmm. just, and it has to be this and it has to be such and such a framework. And so absolutely just, yeah, what you were saying there does hit home a little bit for me in terms of, I mean, that's not taking your foot off the gas, but understanding that where you are right now is okay. Where we are right now is fine. Oh, yeah. You don't have to have the golden ticket answer to the rest of your life. Um, go out and kill your Thursday, kill your Tuesday. Well, I had a I had a friend come on. I forgot what number he was on. High school buddy, and I actually joked. I have not heard him talk in almost ten years which is crazy to think about. Just haven't seen him in a long time. So when he came in here, it's like, so that's we, all you do is just sit and listen to him talk for a well, bit doing yeah, this. But it, was yeah. like, but it was crazy because here's a guy, like I followed on social media, kind of knew where he was at and yeah. doing stuff. But like the, it was surreal to see him like standing in front of me. Now granted, we grew up together. I've known him since I was five. We went to kindergarten together. Like, but to see somebody, when you talk about not having the same conversations we had in high school, like way different conversations. And he's kind of had like his twenties were a little up and down and, but the coolest thing about it is we sat down, had a very good conversation. He's now traveling the world right now, like literally like packed up. And he's like, I have nothing holding me back. He goes, I'm turning 30. Not like a crisis or anything. Like I'm turning 30. Right. I'm just going to go explore the world before I want to settle down. Perfect. He goes, I kind of have a couple ideas. And he made a good thing and he's posted a couple of them. And there was something I saw too, and I forgot where the quote was from, but it doesn't matter where you are on the journey. Yes. You are where you're supposed to be on yes. your journey. And yes. I think people get too caught up in, wow, this person has done this much at this age. I can't agree with you more. And this finally hit home to me. And as opposed to just saying, I believed it. Yeah. It actually finally hit home to me only in the last year Yeah, where it does not matter to me what you've done. I'm just pumped for you that you did it. Yeah. Like does, with, does, with does what that, you've done, I could not, like I, before, 
like this conversation, let's say we have this conversation a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. this conversation is way harder for me just to have a natural, genuine conversation. Yeah. Cause in the back of my head, even though I'm smiling, I'm on the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a little bit about, Oh, you know, hopefully someone kind of finds this funny or hopefully someone kind of gets that. Whereas now I feel very, very lucky to be here sitting, talking to you, someone who I, I think has done a good job and will only continue to do a better and a great job for the community, but it's, it's not from like, I won't leave here being like, shit. Like I am so far behind where recently that has finally hit home where, Hey, right now I'm right now I'm where I need to be Mm -hmm. and I'm good where I'm at because it, it, I am making the step forward and that's nice in a lot of roles, I'm sure. But for me, all I've ever really known are sales roles. Mm -hmm. That's made the sales role much, much easier to be at because when your teammate crushes a month Mm -hmm. or lands a monster account, Mm -hmm. it is so much more enjoyable Mm -hmm. when you're like, that should have been me. Or why can't I do that? When it's not that anymore at all. And it's just like, I'm so excited for you. Like, tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about that journey for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, pat on the back. You deserve it. But no, like, tell me about it. How's it feel? Well, I think it's if you been don't, a lot better. If you don't compare yourself to this is, and this, again, this is something that I've, I've, I'm lucky that I've been like, I am able to do this. Yeah. I, I don't compare myself to anybody but myself. And I've yep. done this my whole career. Golf is a perfect example. Golf was great. I could care less if I beat you in the Corona. Like, or anybody, I don't care. If I entered a golf tournament, I wasn't entering the golf tournament to win the golf. I mean, I was, but it was also, I I got more satisfaction. If I went out and shot the best round of my life and you beat me, I'm pumped to shot the best round of my life. Well, yeah. Hands up. I mean, good for you. I mean, what? Yeah. And that's the thing. So there, but this goes back to the thing. There's I'm only in control what I'm in control of. Yep. So my goal, I mean, it's probably not secret now. Like my goal by the end of my 10th year was to be the number one agent single agent units in volume across the board, like outsell every single person on our board. I was top three in both of them last year. And I was up above a couple of us kind of flip flopped in the top three, but I was in the top three on both of them. I don't look at the, t- the people that were ahead of me and get mad. Like literally I was like, you know what? I put as much as I could into this year. And you could say, yeah, but this didn't close. And like, everybody can say that they had the same thing. I, I know. And the people that I was up against, I'm even, I'm just excited. I'm even in the conversation or in the same category as them now, because these are people I've looked up to for 10 years that have been at the top for years. And now my name is right there with them, which gives me a lot of like, you know, I can look back on and and say like, almost pat myself on the back and take a chance or uh, a chance, take, take a a second just to kind of acknowledge like, Hey, like I have self-talk with myself. Like I'm almost like coaching myself. I'm like, you know what? Good job. Like you, that was awesome. Like you had a phenomenal year individually and our office this year is three times bigger than it was two years ago and to have all these new people that have come on that now look at me as this mentor role like all these things that i've done i gotta look back and be like like don't be mad that you were here look that you've grown from here to here over the past year yeah and be pumped so and the other thing was like someone goes ah like so and so if only they did worse i'm like no like i'm pumped they did that good like i really am like i'm so excited this was a weird thing too i remember Going in my senior year of soccer, and this is this is maybe a starting point of this. I went in state championship game, warming up on the on the field, my last game of soccer, organized soccer that means anything ever in my life, and we're playing the state championships, which is a cool thing. I remember 
I was the most calm at ease I've ever been before a sporting event. Yeah. And it was the state championship game. And yep. I just remember thinking this, like I literally had a moment when I was warming up and I'm like, I should be a little more like nervous right now, but I'm not, I had butterflies. I was excited. And I, in my head, I was like, we're not going to lose. And it was weird. I didn't know we weren't going to like, really didn't know we could have easily lost, but like, I just had the belief in ourselves that we were going to win to the point where I did not feel nervous. I didn't feel like uptight. Like, Oh my God, we're not going to do well. Correct. Like I went in the game saying we are going to play the best we can play. Yep. I know that I'm fine. Whatever the outcome is, I believe we're going to win. So I had the self-belief. Yep. I even remember when I was standing there playing this again. Now this is what, 12, 13 years ago. I remember sitting there looking across the field and in my head saying, I hope they play the best game of the season. I li- like, and it was weird as, as a kid, like wanting to win a state championship, like you want to win. I would have felt the, the win would have felt diminished to me had their goalie been knocked out of the game and their star player got a red card and like all these things that could have happened. Yep. Maybe their star player rolled his ankle in the beginning of the game. And now we yeah. play the whole game or in the not- semifinal or yeah, it, right? you don't He's play their there. full squad. My thing going into the game is I want to play. I, w- I literally want them to play the best game of the year. I want all their players to play the best game of the year because I want to beat them at their best. And that's what I look at. And maybe it's just the competitive nature, but I have, I think the same thing in real estate. Like no. when I'm going up, yeah. like last year, I didn't get number one. I was pumped those other ones beat me in the sense that, okay, now there's an opportunity for me to get better. Mm-hmm. Like if I would have beat them and been like, well, I know they took a month off to go to a vacation and they were they had a death in the family and were sick or all these things that could happen that might take away from yeah. their full effort. But I know those people put their full effort in. Yep. And for me, there's satisfaction knowing that I was hanging with them, but I didn't beat them. And then it's like, well, if now my goal this year is to keep growing. So it's like, well, if I can keep again, like kind of play my game, stay like blinders on and do what I know I need to do, take care of myself, not worry about what I can't control. Because if they end up selling a hundred homes this year, I'll never beat them. You know, they just, uh, maybe, but, but I doubt it. You know, that's insane. But it's the idea that if they were to do it, then then the only thing I can control is then I got to do it or do it better. So there's a really good, there's a lot of, um, what's the word? Like ease when I, when I say that or, or calm, yeah. meaning like, I don't, I don't have to stress out about stuff. Just take care of what I can control, which is very, which yeah. is very, um, what, you know what I'm trying to say? Like if I'm not worrying about other people, Everything gets very like low key and easy going, knowing that I have full control over everything. Mm-hmm. That's why I like working for myself. Like I have full control over everything. Mm-hmm. Like, if something happens, I can react to it or I can change it or I can work harder or I can yeah. adjust, but nobody's going to stop me from doing any of those things yeah. except myself. Yeah. So it's, I, I, and it's so, so funny that you bring that one up again because real, real similar. I'm not, I'm not joking. And for me, it's one of those, I lost it. Um, I would say I lost this mentality professionally, but it just came back to me in my head. Again, the timing of this is so weird. It just came back to me in my head probably about three months ago. So high school hockey, mm-hmm. same, same, right? High school sport, high school thing. Um, I was in a pretty good high school hockey team. Um, and our coach instilled, instilled in the team, every time you hit the ice, expect to win. It's not cocky. It's not arrogant. Mm-hmm. It's and that was true. Every time we were on the ice, we're winning the game. Yeah, I know we will win. And now that coming 
professionally yep. is over the last three months has been a big, big help for me. Like I expect to do well in the whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like if there are multiple agents proposing one mm-hmm. business, I expect to earn their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's the same thing tying into, you know, kind of wanting, wanting to beat the best um, all the way back from high school sports. In one of those state tournament games for a while, it looked like there was going to be an upset in the semifinal. Right, like a team that kind and of you, some, wanted, you wanted a, the, win, the a team that somehow kind of limped in. Don't really know how they got there from their area of the state, but they did, and you could just tell that they weren't like. I mean, they they weren't even like up to snuff as a skating team, right? Like they couldn't even skate as well. Mm-hmm. But somehow it was just getting the 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 bounces right there, like the Cinderella thing, and for a little bit. And for me, it's like hell no, man, no way, mm-hmm. no. I want that team. Yeah. I want that team. I want that goalie. I want that captain. Mm-hmm. I want them tomorrow. Yeah. Like here. Yeah. That's and it. then same thing on the, I mean, of course, butterflies, but we had done the visually visualization stepping out on the ice. I don't know. It, it was almost more that. And, and I think this is what your experience. It was yes, butterflies, but this is where I need to be right now. Yeah. This is where I'm supposed to be right now. There's no other place I'm supposed to be right now. I know how to take care of business here. Mm-hmm. Like this is an arena where I know what I need to do to get the job done. The the uh, the one thing, and I think, was it Mark Cuban that said sports is the fifth major, or sports is the fifth major sport? Or not sports, a business is the, the fifth major, or something like that? I'm sure, because I'm, I'm sure all these things have finally started hitting home for, for me professionally, mm-hmm. and I think that was me getting to a better place, finally, personally, yeah. where I'm not in my head as much, um, much, much more willing to just make the action and figure out instead of figure out than do the action. Now all these things are starting to hit home. And I mean, you're right. A lot of them tie back into things where I did somewhat naturally in high school sports. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting that it took this long professionally, but to what we but, just talked about, it's okay. Like I don't judge mm-hmm. that it took that long. But, th- but think about this. Cause it, same thing for me. Like I, I, I graduated high school at the best sports I've ever like I was the best baseball basketball soccer player the day I stepped out of uh, high school I never played in college I haven't really played much since I am not as good of a I'm not good at any of those sports anymore my basketball shot's not good my golf shot's not good I like I probably would strike out every single at bat now but it's muscle memory and it's reaction and stuff you haven't learned so you've spent how think about this you spent how many years perfecting hockey you know what I mean Right, like 15 for years, how long you played. 15 yeah. years, whatever. So now you get in the business, which you weren't 15 years ago, you were 13 years old. You weren't doing business. So you got to really think that you picked up, like you might only be entering junior high school right now in the grand scheme of like, or mites. You might be entering mites or PAs yeah. in your career. Sure. And then, but you got, that's what, so that's why I look at it. It's like I had the idea the other day, this literally this week. I'm like, I wish I would have gotten into real estate sooner. Now, granted, I got my license the month I turned 21, but I'm like, why didn't I get it at 18? But I did not have want anything to do with real estate until I was 20. So my thing is like, I could never have gone and got my license at 18. I didn't want to do it at 18. Yeah. I didn't even really want to do it at 20. I just wanted to do it over what I was currently doing. It was a stepping stone to go into something else. But I think there's a lot of, like for you, really being in a professional setting, six years maybe, 
you know, graduating college, so maybe 22 to 28, maybe seven years. Yeah, I I would say. And you've jumped from industry to industry a couple times. Yeah. So really, you got to put like, and, and again, I preface this with, I've done 10 years of real estate. So like, I've been able to just keep hammering at the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Whereas I'm looking at probably, I don't know, probably wind up being three total years of insurance. So so take three. I mean, three times three. I've, I've, I've put into... Uh, uh, industry three times as much as you have, which that's so that's what you got to look at. It's like, oh, you, you haven't given yourself a head like a yeah. time to get started. Yeah, I mean, so. back to <laughs> back to back to hockey, right? Or back to soccer. That that's easy. Like <laughs> professionally, in terms of years in, right? I'm still playing like mites yeah. for the tadpoles in Ross's Point, going to the Moors Jamboree. Yeah, and I hope my mom remembered the Capri Suns. Yeah. Right. Whereas you're getting ready for your high school game. Yeah. That, and that's so for business, that's what I've looked at is I've had, I've gone through it. And I'm, trust me, I'm not like, I, I have a lot more to learn. But my comfort level now compared to when I was 21 oh. is I'm, I'm completely different. Yeah. And for you, you're going to look at the time two years from now, you'll be 30. And your mindset now to then is going to be like, okay, now I know what Galen's saying. Now I'm in year five. Wow. I can't wait till I double this. And it's not a true double, it's a compound double. Because you're taking everything you've learned and built, 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 oh, built. Oh, correct. The number of years, the number is, of years double, is double, but experience it's is compounded. what compounds. And that's the thing that I'm excited about. So when I say my 10-year goal, Hell yeah. well, what am I going to accomplish in 10 more years, the same time frame, but it's compounded. And I have, and I now have had the foundation that I've laid to build. And I heard this analogy the other day. I spent my 20, I've spent, I basically have spent my 20s searching out the land to buy. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm going to spend my 30s down. building the foundation. And I'm going to spend my 40s putting up the walls. And I'm going to spend my 50s putting like get the framing the house out. I'm going to spend my 50s putting in the interior stuff. And I'm going to spend my 60s and 70s like home decor. Like if you're building a house over your career. So like right now I find that I've just kind of found where I actually want to. What, what, where I want to buy the lot. In what town, what area, whatever. Yeah. I'm just now doing that. I've spent 10 years searching, saving up money, whatever. Now I just bought my land. And that's what I really feel the last like year and a half has been. So my 20s, like I'm so pumped to like, or my 30s, I'm so pumped to build the foundation. And that's the, that's the thing that like gets me excited because I'm like, I know where I'm at now. Yeah. And I like, I can pat myself on the back, but like, I'm so excited about what I'm going to be able to accomplish, which is what keeps me like, yeah. It's almost like every day is Christmas because I'm like, I'm getting closer. You can feel it too, though. Yeah, I can totally feel it. I mean, sorry, by you, I mean you, the third person. Like, I can feel that. Yeah. That's the cool thing. Like, you talking like that gives me butterflies. So you can feel it. Yeah, and everybody's going to do it because you're going to get passionate about it. And eventually, you're going to get to the point where that why becomes so passionate. When you talk to somebody, it's like you can't help but either smile or like – there's sometimes, too, I'm like talking to people almost on the verge of tears. I'm like, don't you understand or get it? Like – and, uh, but it's, it's cool. But like I said, it's just, it's exciting times. But for you, it's like, man, you, you just started, you know what I mean? Like really started. Yeah. So we talk about like on the grand scheme of where we are in life. Like you're right there. Um, we good. I got to, I got to, you good time wise. I mean, I get like, I got to go. Hey, if, okay. If, I figured cause we're keep, we you gotta keep go. looking and we're like, no, I no, think no, we're doing good. No, all it was, I just looked two times. Uh, we got a sick boy Well, he's, he, he's, he's just going over it. So I wanted to make sure that he was still doing well. Um, I'm, I'm in a good spot. And if you 
if you're done now, I mean, this is the Galen Trombley show, the, 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 the Bryce Hansen show. The reason is we've actually talked quite a bit, and it, I got a meeting in 10 minutes at Starbucks, but... Rip. That's right. We'll be good. I'll, you I'll have t- a meeting at I'll Starbucks t- after you're going to throw out your empty cup of Starbucks. I know. What a world. I drink, way, I drink way too much coffee. Keep Caffeine. Ripping. Coffee. Coffee in there. Um, uh, Bryce, that was fun. That was awesome. That's good. I, I appreciate you coming I on. I loved it. No, um, thanks for asking me. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, you're doing great things, and... and you know, and I, I say this all the time on the show It's people that I like to talk to, but it, it's even better when at the end of the day, like anybody that's my age doing stuff that like I like, or is in the mindset of wanting to do that or bettering themselves are the ones that I, those are the ones I really enjoy. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. So that, like, absolutely. So, um, but this was a lot of fun. You are doing phenomenal, like everything, like, like, cool. and when I say like family, there's a few, there's a few guys that I like to be honest, even though you're younger, you've been doing it longer than I have. There's yeah. very few people that I can like really look at and say like, I, I like the work life balance, everything else. There's a few guys and like, you're definitely one of them. Like sincerely. Oh, and, cool. and the thing is too, like, I know, I know Jess enough, you know, we, we know each other and have conversations. It's not like we've been best friends or hung out, but like, I know her family and I know you guys with the two boys and I see, you know, I follow you guys on social media and like now, now being like, a parent and being like, you know, Papa bear kind of thing. Now it's like, you kind of, you appreciate other kids. Cause I know parenthood is the hardest thing you'll ever do. Yep. It's the most rewarding, but it is yep. hard. And to see you guys just doing it, having fun. And the, the biggest thing is seeing like the, just your two boys faces, like, cause that's what it's all about. And when you see them having fun, then yeah. it's like everything you're doing, then, you know, like that's at the end of the day, if you don't judge yourself and look at yourself and have the validation that you're doing something good, and then you have like two little ones that look at you like you're a superhero, like, like nothing, nothing beats it. So, um, Bryce, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you coming on. Sweet. Um, yeah. That's episode Thanks. 65. Bryce Hansen. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley on Instagram at Galen Trombley and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling G A E L A N T R O M B L E Y.